Go with me to Luke chapter 5, and as you go there and as you stand, I want to talk to you for just a minute and kind of get your mind back into um, the place where we've been the last few weeks, and and I'm not real good at at preaching uh, what you would call series, because if I have the information in my mind, somehow it falls out my mouth and I end up preaching it all at one time, so I kind of have to do things a little different. But keeping with the same mindset that we've been on the last few weeks, this morning we're going to talk about our need for one another. It is so important that you and I as Christians understand that we need one another. It's important that we understand that it's it's going to be all but impossible to stay on this Christian walk and grow as you're expected to grow by yourself. You're going to find yourself in times where you need people, people to love on you, people to support you, people you're going to need people spiritually, you're going to need people physically sometimes. And it's our lack of understanding sometimes that leads us to believe that we can do this by ourselves. So I want to take you to it, and this is going to be, you're going to have to stick with me this morning because um, we're going to tie this in kind of a crazy little way and, and we're going to look at it from two directions and do some, some crazy things from the pulpit this morning. So I need you to really focus on me and really listen and really pay attention to what, what we're talking about this morning as we read from Luke chapter 5 starting in verse 17. We'll go through 26. On one of those days as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and Pharisees began to question, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And he, <clears throat> he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And immediately he rose up before them, picked up what he had been laying on, and went home, glorifying God. And amazement seized them all, and they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, We have seen extraordinary things today. Let's pray. Again, God, we come to you to say thank you for this opportunity to to have your word this morning. We thank you, Father, that you would um, allow us to dig into your word and be drawn closer to you through your word. We ask, Father, again, for your presence to be seen and felt in all that we say and do. Father, we thank you. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
All right. <clears throat> this is a place that most of you are probably familiar with, an event from the scriptures where um, Christ is teaching and, and there's this group of guys that bring in uh, a, a lame man and let him down through the roof to be in the presence of Christ. And there's so many ways to teach and preach on, on this particular scripture and there's so many things that could be brought out of this. But our focus is going to be, uh, again, the one another's this morning and the importance of, of having one another and the importance of being connected to other people, other like-minded people. Because a lot of times, whether you realize it or not, you're going to be connected but you can choose to be connected to like-minded people as a Christian or you can just go out here and randomly get involved in people and figure out the hard way that that ain't what you need. That just being connected isn't the point. It's being connected with like-minded people. Not because you always want to be around people that agree with you, but you want to be around people that have the same world view as you. Because see, the rest of the world without Christ has no standard. Right? There is no morals. There is no foundation without Christ. So we that are Christians and do have a foundation and do have a moral standard don't need to be linked up with people that don't have. We don't want to be taking advice from those people. The godly don't take advice from the ungodly. They don't see things the way we do. They don't do things the way we do. They don't have the standards that we do. So it's important not only that you are a part of the one another's, but you are a part of the one another's, not just random people. This story or this event, I don't like calling it a story because because of our mentality, it kind of dumbs down the scriptures. But this event from scripture... is real. It's a real time, a real place, real people. So let's look at and see what we can gain from this. Go with me to verse 18. Uh, just to, Verse 17 is, is just letting us know that Christ is, is in, a, in a house and he is teaching and people have come from all over the place. Specifically, they've come from Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. So it's a pretty big crowd, right? Alright, so here, let's start in verse 18. Behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed. This guy has no physical ability to get himself to where he needs to be. He's paralyzed. So this group of men are carrying him on his bed to Christ. You know, there could be a time in my life or a time in your life as a Christian that we need to be helped back to Christ, right? Because you realize, even as a Christian, I'm only a couple of bad decisions from being right where I was. In other words, it's just by the grace of God that I'm here and not out there, right? It's not because of who I am. It's not because of who my parents are. It's not because of how I was raised. It's because of the grace of God. And at any time, I can deflect that. I can turn from that, make some bad decisions, and be right back where I came from, and it wouldn't be pleasant. So I may need somebody in my life 
to drag me back to where I belong. Some people may need somebody to get, take them to Christ for the first time. Right? In other words, the Bible says there will be people that call out to him, Lord, Lord. In other words, they have a knowledge. Right? They call him Lord, but he looks at them and says, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. I may need somebody to introduce me to Christ. And in and of myself, I don't have the ability. The one and others serve a whole lot of purpose. And in this particular story, we're going to look at several things that these guys did and the benefits of having people like this in your life. First of all, you may need somebody to get you back to Christ or you may need somebody to get you to Christ. Because, you know, how many of you woke up this morning and said, I think I'll just sin today? Or I think I'll continue in my life of... A lot of times we're in a place where we don't realize we're at. Right? And it takes somebody to point out to us and say, Hey, you're not where you think you are. Sometimes, in and of myself, I believe I'm right where I need to be. And the people around me are pointing and going, He needs some help. I need you to point that out to me, right? I may need you to show me that. I may need you to get me to Christ. And listen, in my group of friends, in my group of faith, uh, faithful folks, I don't need somebody that gives up easy. Look at, look at these guys. There were some men bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him and lay him before Jesus. I need people in my life that their only desire is to see me at the feet of Jesus. I need people in my life that will stop at nothing in their efforts to see me in the presence of God. I need people that will go above and beyond to make sure that if Christ is what I need, then Christ is what I get. You know, when we face the things, the trials, and the times that we live in in this world, there are all you can Google it and get any answer you want as to what you need to do. Right? Matter of fact, we're so advanced now, you can type your symptoms in, and the computer will tell you what's wrong with you. And we all have that friend that got their Ph.D. from Google. And when they see us and they see our struggles, they automatically go put us into Google, our symptoms into Google, and are there to, to diagnose. And although we're talking about medically and physically, sometimes they do that in other ways too. In other words, the world around us is always full of advice. But what I really need as a Christian is somebody that will get me to Christ. <laughs> Somebody that will lay me at the feet of Christ because all this other garbage isn't going to matter. Right? There's coming a day when it's not, none of this other is going to matter. Whether or not I know Christ is going to be the most important thing at that time. And I need people that hold me accountable for that. That go out of their way to get me to the feet of Christ. To lay me in the presence of Christ. And you, you can't be, you can't be uh, bashful about this. Look at this in verse 20. 
uh, no, verse 19, I'm sorry. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof. <laughs> you know, a lot of times when people, that even my, even my faithful people have the right mindset and the right intentions, sometimes they're swayed by the crowd. You know, it would have been easy for these guys to get there, look at the crowd, look at the poor paralyzed guy and go, dude, we tried. Right? And if they walked off right there, we would all say they put forth a valiant effort. I mean, they toted him there, right? They carried him as far as they could, but they got there and there was nothing they could do. Wrong. These guys see the crowd and go, oh, we got to have another plan. They go on the roof and rip the shingles off. And let him down. Whatever it takes to get him where he needs to be. I need people like that in my life. I need people that see me in a struggle and go, the crowds may be big, the weather may be cold, it may be raining, but i got to get that brother where he needs to be. I need those kind of people in my life. You need those kind of people in your life. People that ain't scared of the crowd. Listen, a lot of times it ain't the physical size of the crowd that deters us. Sometimes it's the thought process of that crowd. We got to go against the crowd? I don't know. They're going to look at me funny. They're going to laugh at me. They're going to think I'm weird. They're going to call me names. So? So? I, I need people that aren't deterred by the crowd in my life. You need people in your life that aren't deterred by the crowd, that aren't turned away and aren't just giving up because of what the crowd's doing. I don't care what the crowd's doing. If you need Christ, i got to get you Christ. I don't, as a matter of fact, I don't even care if you walk away with bad feelings about me. If I think you need to be in a certain place, I need to get you to that place. And if you walk away mad at me, but in line with Christ, I'll take the trade. Because the reality of it is, if you truly have Christ, that anger will be short-lived. We need people in our life that are not going to just get us as far as they can take us and then come up with some excuse why to leave us there. We need people that are goal-oriented. That when they set their mind to it, it's just going to happen. Some of y'all are that way now. Some, some of you really are. I've seen you at work, and whatever it takes to make it happen, that's what you're going to do. I need you. I don't need people that are, that are, that are quitters and, and that give up because things get hard. Listen, this walk is hard, and it's going to get harder. And I don't need people in my life that's going to be walking along, and all of a sudden the crowd's too big and they're gone. No, I need you to get me on the roof if that's what it takes. And, you know, just getting him on the roof wasn't enough either. They went to tearing the tiles off. They took the shingles off. I need people in my life that's willing to take the shingles off if that's what I need. Right? They weren't going to do anything short of getting him in the presence of Jesus. When they lower him down, right, when, when they let him, now, now listen, they've toted him. They've physically carried him to the house. They've carried him up on the roof. They tore the shingles off, and now they've let him down into the presence of Jesus. 
Now you think about what it took to get to this point, right? How hard they worked and how determined they were. You need people like that in your life. You need these. I need people like that in my life that aren't deterred by any situation, right? That are willing to go as far as they've got to go to make it happen. Now look at this. In verse 20. And when he saw their faith. When Jesus saw their faith. When he looked up and somebody's tearing the roof off the joint and letting a feller down by ropes, he didn't look at the paralyzed man at his faith. Whose faith did he look at? Sometimes I need your faith. I need to be surrounded by people who are so faith-filled that Jesus looks at your faith and I benefit from it. That Ain't that what we just seen happen? He looked at their faith and told this guy his sins were forgiven, and that upset all the teachers and stuff, that's a different message for a different day. But for today, I want you to recognize and realize that when they let this guy down through the roof, Jesus looked at their faith. You know, sometimes, because I'm wrapped in flesh, my faith gets weak. I try not to let that happen. Sometimes it's the faith of the people around me that carry me through that time. Sometimes them phone calls come at just the right time. And you may think, well, I've called him 14 times and he won't answer. But that one time I did answer, let me assure you, I needed that. Sometimes it's your faith that carries me through that tough spot. Sometimes it's somebody else's faith that helps carry you through that tough spot. We need one another. See, by yourself, you'll only be as good as you are. You'll only be as smart as you are, right? You'll only be as strong as you are by yourself. But with one another, sometimes when I'm weak, I got just enough from somebody else to carry me through and get me to that next level. So, you know, that iron sharpens iron thing. I know y'all tired of hearing it. That's okay. Listen, the importance of one another cannot be overstated. And if this past year didn't teach you that, you missed it. It took me about two months of not being around y'all. And as bad as I hate to admit this for some of you, because I thought I didn't need you at all. But I was wrong. I was wrong. It didn't take me but just a couple of months. And I was comfortable with not being here. I was comfortable with turning it on, whatever, YouTube, whatever, at my convenience, right? But what I was missing was the one another. What I was missing was the relationships. The accountability. YouTube can't give you accountability no matter how hard it tries. But in my connections, in my relationships, because I live by the standards of God's word, it can't just be anybody. 
You see, our love for one another should set us apart. Right? To the point that the rest of the world looks at us and goes, they ain't like me. It's the way it should be. Sometimes I need you more than I'm willing to admit. Sometimes. Um, Go to John chapter 13. John chapter 13 verse 34. We're going to pick up on this right in the middle of it. So um, I'm going to backfill you just a little bit so you understand where we're at. Um, You and I are fixing to walk into the the upper room, the, the feast of the Passover. Jesus has has just finished washing his disciples' feet. He's already announced that somebody in this room is going to betray me. Yet he washed his feet. He was one of the ones that got his feet washed. Jesus knew that in just a few days, Peter would completely deny even knowing him. Yet Jesus just finished washing his feet. And then where we this we're at the tail end of this, and right here where we pick up at in verse 34, Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Listen, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. How how did you listen? This guy is the Savior. This guy has been their mentor, their teacher, right? He's the one that's called them off their fishing boats and out of their livelihoods to come follow him and be discipled. And he just finished washing their feet. And then he looks at them and says, I got a new commandment for you. Love one another as I have loved you. How did Jesus love? Well, there's a whole list of ways Jesus loved. Jesus, first of all, loved sacrificially. It didn't matter what somebody else was doing to him. He just loved. Jesus loved, in this particular case, through service. He just got through washing their stinking feet. Right? This ain't a time where they just leisurely went to the house and took a shower before they met up at the upper room. These guys been walking around in old funky sandals for days, weeks, right? And and listen, one of these guys he already knows is in the process right now of betraying him, turning him over to authorities, and one of them in just a few days is fixing to completely deny ever knowing him, and he washed their feet just like he washed the other ten. And then he gets done and says, I give you a new commandment to love one another like I love you sacrificially, without hesitation, regardless of what's coming back. Now look at the rest of this, verse 35. By this, you see that? By this, 
all people will know that you are my disciples. By the way you love one another, everybody else, all people, the whole world will be able to look at you and your love for one another and know that you belong to him. So is that a true statement for us in today? For Don't raise your hands. So can I honestly stand in the mirror right now and say, Nick, people know you belong to Jesus because of the way they see you love people, because of the way they see you serve people. Because, see, here's the thing. All of that stuff we just talked about, about the guys, Lord, and how important it is to have people like that in your life, it's also important that you be that for somebody else. See, it's, it's one another. It's a two-way street. Because today, I may be the guy needing to be let down in front of Jesus' feet, but tomorrow... It may be you. And although we got to strive to do that and have those people in our lives, we at the same time got to be striving to do that for somebody else. Because Jesus said that the whole world will know that you belong to him by the way that you love people, the way that you serve people, the way that you are a one another. Right? There are times, even though you're the paralyzed, even though you're the crippled, even though you think you're the guy in need, there are times in those situations that God is using you in somebody else's life. So even if you're at a place where you think you're the one needing led to Jesus. You're the one needing to be put in his presence. You're the one in the struggle. Don't think that takes you off of God's tool list. <laughs> there have been times in my life where I thought I was going to do for somebody. I was going to be a blessing for somebody, and I walked away blessed. You too, huh? See, I'm not the only one. The importance of one another's one another's <laughs> cannot be overstated. Cannot be overstated. Your need for one another. Listen, Jesus even tells us that we will be known to all people by our love for one another. In other words, people ought to be able to look at the way we care for each other and go, there's something, they don't look like the rest of us. They don't act like the rest of us. They are separate from us. They are different from us. No matter what's going on in this world, no matter what part of life we're in, no matter what the cycle is for the week, no matter who the president is or what the demons in Washington are doing, <laughs> they should still be able to look at the church and see that we are unaffected in our service and our love for one another. We, we, it should be that way. Jesus said, all people will know that you are my disciple by this, how you love one another, how you treat one another, how you support one another, how you edify one another. 
I, I, can't, I can't say enough how important it is that you understand your need for one another. The purpose of church cannot be fulfilled through a TV or a computer screen. It can't. That's better than nothing. And hey, something may happen that puts us back there. I ain't down in no, I'm just telling you that your need for one another is not fulfilled through YouTube or a television. You still got to have one another. And I know this because it didn't take me two months to get to a place where I like not being around y'all. And that's not okay. It's not okay. I got comfortable. I got complacent. I got content. I struggled. And I hate to put it this way and sound holier than thou, but if I was struggling... And that's the truth of the matter. This walk that you signed up for, that I've signed up for as a Christian, is not easy on the average day. This walk that I signed up for, that you signed up for, is not easy surrounded by folks but it's almost impossible to pull it off by yourself. Your need for one another is greater than you understand. Lone Ranger Christians will not make it. We've got to have one another. This ain't because I think so. If you go and get into the New Testament and start reading through, just go to the back of your Bible and find the references to one another. And if you need them, I've got Kevin's notes on a whole series of messages about one another. Right. I'll get them back to him. It's, it's kind of like that carrot in front of the mule on the wagon. You kind of hold it out there for a little while and see how far you can get. Then you give it to him. You and I have got to understand, like it or not, we need one another. I need you. You need me. We've got to have one another. And as, I mean, I, hate, I look around here and I see people like Bobby. And I go, surely I don't need him. <laughs> but I do. I, I do. I, I do. And you do. And we do. We all do. So for whatever mindset or for whatever reasoning you have behind being the, the um, Lone Ranger, or trying to convince yourself that you can't be a part of this or you don't have to be a part of this. Man, I encourage you to, to sit down and look at the importance of one another. To, to sit down and see all the commands that Jesus himself gave and that involves one another. From edify one another to love one another and the list goes on and on. And this cannot be accomplished by yourself. It can't. It can't. You have to have one another. The worst time in the world to try to find your one another's is when you're in the middle of some garbage. 
No, you need them ahead of time. You need these relationships with these people. Listen, I'm not telling you you need 15 people that you tell everything to. You don't. Because 14 of them 15 is probably going to spread it. Right? You need one person. Right? But you need, but you need a few more people that, that are there faithfully. That are there to boost you when you're down. That are there to... And it, your, your group may be 100. It may be 12. But you need people. You need relationships with other believers. People that have the same standards that you have. Because you take things like raising children. You'll get advice from all over the place. But you get it from somebody that don't share your worldview. That's not advice you want. Right? It, it's not. You, you, you take advice in dealing with a situation inside your marriage. You can get 50 different opinions on what you should do. But 49 of them are from people that don't know Christ. That don't, don't know the emphasis that God put on marriage. You don't want advice from them people. And you don't want to wait till you're in the middle of it before you start gathering your one another's and building your relationships. And there's all kinds of ways. We, we got all kinds of ways around here for you to build these relationships. Start these relationships. We got small groups that take place throughout the week. We got Wednesday night prayer time and Bible study. We got Sunday morning Sunday school where relationships are being built and grown. I mean, I, I love seeing you at preaching time. That's all fine and good and great. But what kind of family are you if every time you gather, one guy gets up and speaks, everybody sits and listens to him, says amen and leaves? That's not a family. That's not where, where relationships come from. They come from these other settings where you're in smaller groups and you're able to communicate back and forth with one another. Listen, y'all. Here's, here's what I'm going to be honest and tell y'all exactly where my mindset has come from to get me to where I am today. There was a whole lot of people that were attending church here that when COVID hit, we ain't seen them since. The majority of them were unconnected. They weren't plugged in in anything except Sunday morning. That's all. Worship hour. And they're gone. And we lost them. And we did everything we could to contact these people and stay in contact. We handed out lists. Uh, me and Kevin, the deacons, Brother Chris, we called people on a weekly basis, checked on, tried to build those bonds. Listen, you can't do it over a telephone. We tried. We did everything we could. We put forth all the effort. But the truth of the matter is, is these were people who were not tied in. They were not a part of the one another's. They were not connected anywhere except coming in here and listening to some preaching, say amen, go to the house. So they had no relationship. So there was no outside accountability. Right? I don't want to see the next one hit and lose the rest of you. Can I say that out loud? So from, this, that, from that time forward, my goal is to get every single person that comes through that door plugged in. I don't mean a regular attendee on Sunday morning. I mean locked in. I mean in a relationship with a one another of some kind, somehow, some way. So that when some great big tragedy hits, 
You don't just vanish into thin air. I want you to be surrounded by people that's willing to tear the roof off to get you to Christ. I want to be you to be surrounded by people that God looks at their faith and says, here's your benefit. And you ain't going to get that nowhere in this world. Right? You ain't going to find that at work for the most part. You're not, you're not going to find that at Walmart, at the Dollar General, right? So I want it to be available here, and I want you to be aware of not only its importance, but its availability. I encourage you that if you're just coming in and out the doors to get locked in, get tied in, become a one another because here's the thing not only are you missing out but I may be missing out on what you got you may have what I need when I say amen this morning it shouldn't be a race to the back door I can remember times and Kevin will and Chastity I know Chastity will Kevin will too I can remember a time when the last amen was said 45 minutes later they were asking people to leave Am I telling the truth? Because of the enjoyment of one another. That's where relationships come from. Amen shouldn't be a race to your car. It shouldn't be. We should be spending time with one another. Enjoying one another's company. I get it. Life happens. You put the beans on before you came. You're scared they're going to burn. You came to the wrong place for that. Your beans going to be scorched on the bottom. Man, I encourage you. I encourage you to start it right now today. If you ain't tied in, locked in, if you ain't building relationships, if you ain't participating in the one another's, I encourage you to get that started today. Somehow, some way. We got small groups right now are kind of iffy because of all the stuff going on. We got small groups available. You can inquire about that. But we got Wednesday night prayer time at 6.30, Bible study at 7 o'clock. Man, a great time to come in and, and learn and grow. Another opportunity to be a part of the crowd and be joined in together. We got Sunday school. We got a place for everybody at 9.30 on Sunday mornings for Sunday school. And it's just a great time to form them one another's and grow and learn all at the same time. So I encourage you to figure out how that's going to work in your life and figure out, listen, I encourage for those of you that have been here a while and you know one another and you've got those relationships and some of those people are fading or falling, pick up the telephone. Just an encouraging phone call, encouraging text message. Those of you that do the card ministry, don't wait for somebody to be sick. Well, I ain't got their address. You stopped at the crowd. Hear what I'm saying? Don't stop at the crowd. Get to the roof. Tear the shingles off if you have to. Right? That's the whole point of this. Be a one another. It's important that you have one another, but it's important that you be one another. Chris, y'all come up here. We're going to have a song of invitation. I'm going to quit talking. I'm going to encourage you to not let this opportunity get by you. I, I want to encourage you 
to figure out, to sit down, to make a plan, to come up with some way that you can be a one another. If it's this important to Christ, it's got to be important to us. It's got to be. He said you're going to be known as his disciples if you love one another, serve one another. 